As many of you know, we, uh, we've been sending teams going down to El Salvador for, since we started Upper Room. Um, it's been a big part of our, our core DNA of who we are as a church. We believe that, um, that God blesses us here so that we can go and um, serve in other places. And you may have never been on a plane and, and flown down to El Salvador, but um, if you've given at all to Upper Room, you're, um, those resources have supported ministries um, all over the world, but especially one in El Salvador that's called La Red Church. And uh, this morning we have a real honor. Uh, the the uh, Chamba uh, Salvador, who, who started La Red Church, in, it's right in the heart of El Salvador in a place called uh, Playa El Tunco. And it's an incredible place, um, really, really amazing. Every time I go back, it's, it's really beginning to develop. But the cool thing about this church um, is it, not so much where it is with the people. Uh, going down and, and spending time in El Salvador with teams and just going myself and being able to serve alongside uh, um, Chamba and his, uh, his team. Josh is with him as well, um, his son-in-law. And it's changed my life. And, and I say this and I believe it. One trip to somewhere like that to serve um, in El Salvador, one mission trip I think does more inside of us as a Christian than a thousand sermons. Right, and I shouldn't say that because I'm kind of in the sermon business, you know what I'm saying? But it really does. Um, just going down there, and it's it's been an incredibly refreshing for me. But most of all, um, Salvador and his family have become friends, and it's a refuge, a place where I go, and um, and he he ministers to me. He speaks encouragement into my life. I love going to the Red Church because every time that I get to hear him preach, I walk away challenged and changed. And so this morning, you have the opportunity, the privilege, um, as Salvador, if you'll come up and if we could give him a big round of applause. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. All right, just let me. First, I'm honored to be here today. Um, it's a privilege speaking about a so sacred thing about God. So I, I feel a huge responsibility on, on my shoulders today, too. But at the same time, I'm uh, relieved because today I'm paying a debt of 19 years <laughs> with you, with you guys. And this is visiting uh, my brothers and friends in Pensacola who have not ceased to present, to be present and support my life, my family's life, or people, or ministry since uh, 2004. This really goes back many, many years. Uh, so I want to, first of everything, to express my personal gratitude that of my family, that of the staff of Lorette, and of all the people who have been transformed for better, thanks to you. And especially I want to thanks to the support of pioneers. Uh, and now true brothers, mentors, uh, friends, such Mr. Buckwaters. Buck, where are you? Thank you, Buck. 
And thank you, Donna, for letting him be there all these years. And, uh, and all the guys and friends that he's been bringing with him since the beginning. Kenny Griffin is around here. Thank you. Thank you, Kenny. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Pat Duncan, I, I don't think he's here, but Pat, uh, Mike Burns, I mean, and many. Hey, Mike, good to see you here, brother, of course. Uh, Mark Anderson, I mean, it's a long list of brothers. And then you guys, I mean, when upper room start, you start coming since the beginning and helping us. You've been key, really key in the development and growing of our our ministry. So thank you. Thank you very much. Um, a funny thing happened uh, before this. Uh, Asa, your son, came to me and gave me this red uh, band. I was trying to find like a title for the message and he gave me this and says, Hustle, Grit, Action. And that's the name of the message. That really gave me the name of the message. So keep that in mind. Hustle, grit, action. That's important for us as Christians. So I was thinking, meditating, and praying about what to share with you. I mean, we're, I come from a different country, different culture, and all that. So I came to the decision to speak about something I, I know very well, and that's my own journey with God. And uh, I, I want to go back when I was 15 years old. I was a teenager with uh, huge complexes and a lot of emotional pain. Uh, my aspirations for the future during that time were to have a hammock facing the, facing the sea, a surfboard, and a pound of weed. That was, <laughs> that was what I wanted when I was 15. Ten years later, uh, I was married with a beautiful woman. Right now, we're close to 38 years together, Maggie. We had uh, three beautiful children, and I was a professional. I was a professional, a professional journalist, a war correspondent for international TV networks. The civil war was uh, going in El Salvador. And I also was the anchor of the most important news program, in El Salvador. And I had a house, a beach house. I, I have the surfboards that I want. Uh, and I have all the weed, the cocaine, the beer, and vodka uh, that I can consume, you know? And, and nothing of that really made me happy or complete, you know? Because at the same time, I was a very arrogant, selfish guy, uh, abusive with my wife absent with my children, who kept his uh, childhood uh, complexes and, and pain. Um, everything changed in 1990. I was 28 uh, with an overdose, that, uh, which left me with a deep depression and uh, continuous panic attacks, which forced me to quit uh, my job and shoot myself at home, unable to stop thinking that I had destroyed my life, the life of my family, and that I had no hope. 
totally defeat, I turn to Jesus. I ha I've had heard about him, but really never know him. And I began the, the path, the journey of restoration and transformation so beautiful explained in Romans 5. And I'm going to read for you. I will read many, many verses this morning. And this one is special. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because our faith... Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. And for the last 33 years, I've been walking this path, traveling in this journey, looking for the truth and longing for the life that Jesus offers. And I must say is uh, that it has not been easy. Really, it has not been easy. I, I've been given into temptation many, many times. My, my old self surfaces time to time. And some of the hurts and anger and loneliness from my childhood still there. But I'm also convinced of what Romans 8 says in 35 forward. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute? or in danger, or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, or Lord. Another beautiful scripture. Remember, hustle great action. Because I truly believe that if you are here this morning, it is by the will of God who has chosen you to be part of his family. That's an honor. That's beautiful. And to be one of his disciples with all the blessings and all the trials that 
that brings together. Paul, the Apostle Paul, called in Romans 12, is as valid as it was 2,000 years ago. In Romans 12, he said, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. And he has done many things. Can you think a little bit about everything God has been done in your life? Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will, he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And Paul is not talking about a walk in the park here. Uh, but what he's saying is presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice before the Lord. The Lord. No easy challenge. No easy to do. There's a quote, a quote attributed to C.S. Lewis that says, If you are thinking on becoming of becoming a Christian, I warn you, you are embarking on something that will take everything, everything from you. It's very true. God wants everything from us. Not in a, in a bad manner, in the best possible way. To bless us, to love us, to show us a way, to protect us. And the request that God makes of us right now and every day is not easy. Matthew 5.48 says, You are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Big, big call, right? Because, and, 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 and this is where I'm going into matter here because... This is the journey, this is the, this is the challenge, this is the, the goal, right? And this goal implies a profound transformation in every aspect of our being. That's being a Christian. A transformation of every aspect in our beings. And it's not that God wants to keep your passions, your gifts, but he wants to redirect, redirect them in the, right, in the right way. So we should be transformed. In our hearts, our hearts has to be transformed, which must stop being made of stone and become flesh. That's quite a process. I had a stone heart for my whole life, and it's good when you start feeling emotions and vulnerable, you know, it's beautiful to love how love flows from you. You're not that close, angry person. It's beautiful. A change also is needed in our disapproving, runaway mind, which must be replaced by the mind of Christ. Oh, this is crazy. I mean, can't be crazy. 
if I could see what you're thinking sometimes, I'm, I'll be scared probably. <laughs> and you'll be scared of what I think sometimes. So, so or, or mine needs to be transformed. Or out of control emotions, which must rest in the peace that surpasses all understanding. Emotions are difficult. Or reactions in specific moments. Like in the traffic or, you know, on something that's not working in the house, you know, you kick the wash and dryer. I mean, emotions. Obviously, your flesh in continuous and selfish search of satisfaction must be crucified. Woo, the flesh. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. No pain. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. And or will. That's very important. Or will, which arrogantly opposes God. Even though his will is good, pleasing, and perfect. In other, in other words, we must die to ourselves to be born as new creatures. Who lives in communion and obedience to God. We should recognize and fight vehemently against the fruits of the flesh. And Galatians 5.19 talks about it. Sexual, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, Dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other things like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Man, I can see myself in many of this, you know? And probably we are because we're just sinners. So what's God looking for? Well, someone who worked hard to bear the fruit of the Spirit that is also described in the next verses. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it comes with a bonus. There is no law against these things. Well, for in the in the today's world, probably being a person like this is you're a wimp, you know. You're you're weak, you know. But but it's not. It's not. For me, for a long time, these principles uh, seem uh, overwhelming and restrictive. It, it it was hard to me to learn that the law that these principles are really protecting me. And making me a better person, a person who is in line with God's want me to be. And, and it still happens, especially when I allow my ego to claim what he mistakenly considered his right and free will. You know, something that is very in fashion right now and uh, in the whole world. But now... Uh, some understanding that I have or an understanding that I have now that is it's that this is the way of the cross that Jesus himself pointed out to us in Matthew 16, 24. 
if anyone of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. That's the way of the cross. And, and it's an invitation that I was reluctant to accept, even though it makes us active, active participants in God's plan to establish his kingdom on earth. That's the invitation. I mean, he's not inviting us to, to suffer, you know. It's, he's inviting us to be part of something bigger than us, beautiful, transformational. That's the invitation. It's an adventure. Really, it's an adventure. Uh, obviously, there's frustration. Sometimes we can feel helpless, alone, afraid. But we're not alone. We're not alone in this adventure. Matthew uh, 28, 20 says, and, and this is Jesus, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is with us, guys. The Holy Spirit is with us. He lives inside us. We have that resource, that immense and beautiful resource to help us overcome the everyday challenges and be better persons. In the book of Acts, records uh, the struggles of the first followers of Jesus. I found these verses in chapter 1, 9 to 11. Something wonderful is narrated here. And it says, after saying this, he was taken up into Jesus, right? He was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, Two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they say, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. What a formidable show, right? You know, seeing Jesus going up. But also an important call between lines. Don't stare at the sky. Don't, 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 don't be there just staring at the sky. And Peter, John, Andrew, Paul did not stay looking at the sky. They even gave their lives for the cause that has brought us together today. And not only that, the cause for which we are now responsible we are the Pauls now. We are the Peters now. We are the Andrews. We are the Philips now. We are. We are. Ephesians 5.14 says, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I'm sure that one thing that we Christians must do is leave our comfort zone. Because staying in the comfort zone is that it's dead. It's being dying. It's a dead zone. And, and, and we should understand and take action to become the protagonist of the battle who, to which God is calling us. And this is a process. And this is a process. I know, I mean, I've been 33 years on this, and I'm you know, not even close where I really want to be. It's a process. Ephesians 4.13 says about this process 
that it will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's the goal. And we have to work hard for that. We should do that. Man, the world is crazy. I'm, I mean, every story I hear every day, I was hearing how the suicide rate here in Pensacola is really high. How many kids are dying, feeling alone because they don't have guidance in their lives. And you know what? And sorry to say that, but we are in part responsible of that. Because we are, the, we adults are the ones to, who have to lead them and give them support, emotional support, and teach them the, the good way. But guys, we, don't, we cannot give what we don't have. So the process has to start with us first. We need to be ready for this battle. It's a big battle with real people dying, kids dying. It's not fair. So we must go into this process. And, and this morning, my main purpose, purpose here is to invite you to join that process. That's my invitation this morning. Invite you to join that process. You know what? Because there are many believers who have been born again. They will go to heaven. They are children of God. And the Holy Spirit lives in them. However, they remain tied to the past. Some of us remain tied to the past. To the shame, the guilt, resentment. Some of us continue to be dominated by addictions. We are victims of depression, anxiety, complexes, and insecurities. Isaiah 1.5 say, why do you continue to invite punishment? Must you revel forever? We should make that question. What I'm doing? What I'm doing with my life? What aspects of your life you have to liberate for, from? What are the God or gods in your life? And the opposition obviously is not lacking. We live in a fallen world. I was talking a little bit about a world that has excluded God and now exalts power, fame, beauty, money. A world that is telling us that everything is relative, that there is no good, no bad, anything can go. And the famous preacher Billy Graham put it in this way. We have changed our moral code to match our behavior. Instead of changing our behavior to match God's moral code. That's a it's true. We adjust, you know. We're, we're trying to find that place in this world, you know. Not in the... Not in the right way. 
And we also have a formidable adversary. Although just four out of 10 Americans believe in its existence. But Peter, 1 Peter, 1 Peter 5, 8 say, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And in my experience, I've never seen him as a, as a lion, but subtle, subtle, seductive, father of lies, with the sole objective of stealing, killing, and destroying. A subtle presence in our lives, but very influential. What are you listening to? What are you doing? What are you seeing? I mean, it's important. But the good, the good news is that he's been defeated. That's good. That's like, great news. So don't be afraid. Resisting. Put your armor. We have weapons. Use it. Use the weapons we have. So the question is, what can we do? And I think one thing that we can do is repent. Repent. But not with this feeling of guilt or shame at what we have done, but recognizing all the wrong beliefs and attitudes that we must change and making the decision to change them with intention and action. Again, hustle great action. That's what we should be doing to realize, and this is important, that we are not God. We're not God. Or lower from the altar those things or people that has taken their place. We, we, we put so many things in the altar. Power, reputation, money, beauty. Put it down. We're not God, and those are not God. We should recognize that we are powerless without God by our side. No matter, no matter the world is saying, you can't go for it, you know. It's not true. We cannot do it without God, at least in, in a good way. And we sure have to believe that God listens to us, and he loves us, and that he has been and he has the power to restore us. This one is difficult to me. Being humble enough to give him control of our lives and obey his will. You're not in control. I'm sorry to say, but you're not in control. You can be the CEO. You can be the boss. But you're not in control. I mean, life changed one minute to another. It changed. We should confess our sins to be forgiven and heal and forgive ourselves too. That's, that's another difficult one. Forgive ourselves. Some, it's hard for us to forgive us. And ask for forgiveness from whom we owe and restore all the damage we have caused. It's, it's also hard. For me, it's hard to say, I'm sorry. But we should say, I'm sorry. It's healing. And restoring 
what we have take from other people. Commit ourselves with the spiritual practices like this, getting together, coming to church, pray, meditate, fast, read the word, serve, and share with others the peril that we have found. I love to see what is happening in this church, really. I'm, I'm amazed what, what you are doing with Discover Recovery, with, with this entry-level uh, 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 course. What you, what's the name? Fast Track? Okay, well, <laughs> you know it. <laughs> um, okay, you, you got opportunities. I mean, pastors are encouraging you to fast and pray. You've got beautiful services. I mean, you've got everything here to starve, to, 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 to grow in this process that I'm, that I'm sharing about today. Just do it. Just make the decision and, and put it in action. Because at the end, uh, brothers and sisters, the result of this path is the abundant life that Christ offered us. As Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. That's at the core. I mean, that's, that's great. If we live by this principle, it's incredible what can it happen in our lives. And, and, and one thing that amazed me is that Jesus himself uh, told us with absolute sincerity that the crossing, the, tra the travesty, the, the journey will, would not be free of storms. John 16.33 says, I have told you all this so that you have may, may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Because I have overcome the world. It's very honest from Jesus. That's a very honest. I, I love that. Because being a Christian doesn't mean being happy forever and no, no more problems. You know, it's not that. Probably sometimes it's the contrary because the opposition of the devil comes and the world is against that. And our flesh rebels and our mind rebels against all that. And wants to take us back to that comfort zone. But we should, we should go over these. Two years ago, uh, I was about to die from COVID. My lungs stopped working 75% due to pneumonia and uh, fibrosis. And eventually my left lung collapsed. I had a pneumothorax and my kidneys stopped working. I spent 14 days in an intensive care unit and another 15 days in an intermediate care unit recovering from a lung surgery and a hospital infection. The, the worst of uh, those nights, the doctors call home my family to ask my family to prepare because uh, I might not survive that night. But Jesus was with me. And he literally 
sat on my bed and encouraged me through those uncertain hours. You know, when I, when I felt that, Jesus sitting in my bed, I was ashamed. And really, if I'm honest with you, my thought was, he's coming from me. And he's going to start saying me all the bad things because I'm a, I'm a bad guy. And he said, no, no, Salvador, I'm, I'm here just to be with you, to encourage you, to love you, to heal you. That's Jesus. And not only that, after leaving the hospital, after like a month in hospitals and surgery and all that, he ministered to me for three nights in a row. I, I was sleepless three nights. It's, it is an incredible we're speaking spirit world, spiritual world, guys. Supernatural things, really. And it, it, it exists. It happens. It happens. One of those nights, it was the second night, he took me to a huge meadow, like beautiful green area. In the distance, there was a legion of horrible beings in combat attitude. Horrible. Demons, the most horrible things you can imagine. Suddenly, trumpets and war drums sounded. And three horsemen with armor, swords, and banners appeared on powerful white horses. I knew who they were. You know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they had an army at their backs... And one of them who I recognized as Jesus, he was pulling a brown horse, beautiful brown horse. And he handed me the reins of the horse and told me that horse name was Brave. And that I should mount it and take my place, not in the battle, in the battles that were yet to come. He mentioned battles, not only one, battles that are yet to come. And that my name was no longer Salvador, but Emmanuel, God with us. He healed me. He changed me. That was quite an experience. That was in 2021. 2022 was a year of battles in my life. I lost my mother. I turned 60 years old, so I'm officially in the golden age. And I left my 42 years career in television to go into pastoring full time. And it's been not easy. It's been not easy for me accepting that I'm no longer the unbeatable young man, leave the job that gave me identity, financial security, influence. But now I understand that the death of Salvador Castellano has allowed me, allowed me to born again as Emmanuel and has led me towards the abundant life that Christ promised us and to achieve the peace of God referred in Philippians 4-7, which surpasses all understanding and guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And let me tell you, there's nothing better than your heart and your mind are guarded by Jesus Christ. 
have that peace, have that joy, understanding, vision, beautiful things come. Guys, an invitation is in front of you this morning. Matthew 7, 13 says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many, for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a fewer ever find it. I pray God to allow us to continue the narrow path. And that's my invitation for you this morning. And just let me finish as, as Paul did in 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. And cure, encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. Amen. Let me pray, guys. Thank you, God. Thank you for everything you're doing for us. You sent your son to die for sinners as me. You love us no matter what. You bless us. You show us. We fall and you lend a hand so we can wake up. You give us opportunity to opportunities opportunities all the time you're showing us the good way in a gentle manner with love you're putting peace in our lives i pray for the lost world people that are struggling with loneliness with emotional pain with addictions that are sick at this moment in a hospital maybe, at home, with no hope, that your Holy Spirit goes there and touch them and brings them to you, God. We need you. We're nothing without you, God. And I pray for this congregation that can keep growing and growing, maturing in you and and knowing the true and, and living the abundant life that you offer. It takes courage, sacrifice, but it's worthy. It's worthy living with you, God, under, under your protection, your love. Please send all the blessings possible to this church, the programs, the pastors, the leaders. And thank you. Thank you, God, for being such a great God and bless us in so many ways with love and peace. Amen.